One quarter of the books, 21-7 Montreal. Mike Hogan and Ben Grant from Hexes and Argos, the podcast, the website, the lifestyle. And it must be Halloween because the dance team is doing Thriller and doing a nice job. What a day for football, too. It is a gorgeous day out here today. This is this is always a nice place to watch a football game. It's my favorite place to watch a football game, obviously, being a Toronto kid. This is, you know, being in the heart of the city, gorgeous stadium like this. The field's in great shape. The weather's beautiful. It's the perfect temperature for fall football as well. And should mention that uh, a lot of youth football teams in here today. And one group specifically I want to give a tip of the hat to. Back in June, the Argos held a flag football clinic for youth. It was a free clinic at Tyendinaga Mohawk Reserve, which is just on the other side of Belleville. Uh, ben Maracle, starting quarterback at Ottawa, grew up there. Don Maracle, no relation. She's uh, very active with the Argo alumni cheerleaders. She's from there as well. She went down with us, and we had a great day. Deontay Knight came down. Pinball came down. And uh, at the end, Deontay Knight said, okay, how many guys have been to an Argo game? Kind of everybody went, So do you want to go? So there are roughly 50 to 75 kids down here today from Tyendinaga making the trip up the, or down, I guess, the 401. So we welcome them today. First down at their own 50-yard line for the Argonauts. And the ball goes to Adebaboye up the middle, and he will get another hard six yards up the middle. Another play just like the last one where it's largely all him. The offensive line's not really getting too much of a push right now, and Adebaboye had to do uh, probably five of those yards entirely on his own. First down at the 54-yard, sorry, second down at the 54-yard line of Montreal. Chad Kelly's still in. Adebaboye will go with him. Tommy Neal will come to the near side with Phillips and Breskison. Back to pass Kelly. Quick hitter over the middle. Up and picked off. It was knocked up in the air by the Argonauts receiver, Phillips, and right into the hand of the Montreal defender. And that's Chris Ackie, the Argo for a year, but it was COVID year, and he never played here. It was actually the, the right read for Kelly. They sent a ton of heat on that play. You had Phillips coming across uh, on a drag route, and he got the ball there. It looked like it may have been a little bit high, a little bit behind, got tipped up in the air, and unfortunately for the Argos, picked off by Chris Aki, who yeah was an Argo in the offseason for a short yeah. time. Well, he signed for the 2020 season. Right. And it was like, oh, okay, that's great. He's coming home. He's from the Tri-Cities. I think he's from Cambridge. Went to Laurier. And just the season never materialized, and the opportunity was there to sign Enoch Mwamba. So he was here for a year, kind of the Natea J route. Just never played here. Bola Combo, there were a few of those guys. First down at their own 50 after the pick, and the flag goes down, and I think we have a time count, and we do. So that'll move it back five. Touchdown violation, Montreal, number four. Five-yard penalty remains first down. I had an opportunity to coach with Chris Aki for a season. He was rehabbing a bicep and uh, an injury he sustained while with Montreal and was able to come over and, and help us out for a, a full season, including a, a, a Ontario championship win, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but he was excited. With all the big games he's been through, he was just as excited as anybody when we won that game, which is cool to see. First down at the 45-yard line. They need 15, middle of the field. Alouette's moving from left to right. And they will give the ball to Fletcher this time. Who cuts out. He's got some room to go, but he is closed in on quickly. And I think we're going to get a high tackle as the flag comes out. As Ellie Fayed was over there. 
among others, to bring down the ball carrier, Fletcher. Yeah, they got really bunched up in the middle, and it was the correct decision to bounce it outside. There was nobody left there for the Argos, and I think they might have put Fayette in a position in which he sort of had to compromise the way that he might make that tackle normally. And we'll find out from Dave Foxcroft what the penalty is. Oh, it might be on Caleb Holden, actually. Who's Holden out there? Okay. Yeah. Major foul, horse collar tackle, Toronto number 26. Yeah. 15-yard penalty. It was him. Automatic first down. I'm not a huge fan of that horse collar. Just looking at it on the replay, he had his hand over top of the shoulder. His hand was actually on the front uh, of of the jersey in that in that case. But it's still the same motion. I get they're trying to get rid of those injuries, and that makes sense. But that's certainly not a traditional horse collar. You do not have to have the hand inside the neck of the jersey for it to be a horse collar. That is a misconception. They're going to go to the ground game, the Alouettes, on first and 10 from the 42-yard line. A little counterplay to stand back, and he'll get maybe two, maybe three. Oh, he gets a good spot. They're going to give him 38, so it's a gain of four almost. This is going to be a passing situation for Montreal. Toronto bringing in some extra DBs here to see if they can put a stop to this drive right here at the 39. So second and seven. They'll call it three yards on the first run. And Davis is going to look things over. He has both Antwi and Stanback in the game. One on either side of him. Two receivers to each side on a balanced formation. And they're going to go over the middle. And it is picked off on a rebound by Shaq Richardson. Who's going to take it to the 35 or the 45 and pulled out of the Argo 51. Well, the first non-completion by Dominic Davis is good news for the Argos, and they will take over at their own 50. We'll take the timeout, 21-7, for the Alouettes with 12 and a half remaining in the first half. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Twenty-one-seven, Montreal. Twelve and a half remaining here in the first half. Mike Hogan and Ben Grant with you. I'm not a big guy on prop bets or anything. But if I were to make a prop bet, knowing you and listening to your little podcast thing that you do, the X's and O's podcast, or X's and Argos, sorry, the um, I would have bet that Shaquille Richardson would have an interception today because you are the president of the Shaquille Richardson fan club. Shaquille Richardson is is my favorite player on the Argos defense, and you know has been since he he came over. He's just he's a fantastic player, but he's also a Swiss Army knife. He can play every position. Yeah. This year he's played boundary half, he's played corner, he's played Sam linebacker, which is where he is today. And here he was in the right place at the right time. And Davis actually made a terrific throw to Cole Speaker, but it was in the middle of three Argos. The ball wasn't caught cleanly, got knocked in the air, and Shaq Richardson is in the right place at the right time. So a couple of interesting interceptions back-to-back, shall we say, on deflections, and the Argos break even. And will take over their own 50-yard line, first and 10, down by 14. Toss play near side. Out of the boy, will cut back and get to midfield and down to the 53-yard line. My goodness, he runs hard. Yeah, he's running really well, and that vision is something you do like to see. That's basically the same play that they open with, the sweep to the left. And he saw that there wasn't any action out there, and so he cut it back and found some space, picks up a nice gain on first down. They'll get seven when all is said and done. If nothing else, the Argos have three ridiculously entertaining running backs to watch in Harris, Olette, and now out of Boboye. And such different styles, yeah. too, all three of them, right? Second down, we'll call it two and a half to get. Out of Boboye behind Kelly. Motion of plenty. 
and they will dump it out on a crossing route to Phillips, who will take it inside the 50 to the 47-yard line. They needed three. They got five. It's an Argonaut first down. Now, that's a play I haven't seen Toronto run exactly like that before, so I wasn't expecting to see a new one here. Toronto likes to send two men across the formation sometimes. That time it was Breskison leading and then Phillips right behind. Often it's used in run plays where one will kick out and one will turn up. That time it's play action, and they get the ball out to Phillips, uh, who makes the catch in the first down. Double tight end time. Justin Lawrence will check into the game. As will... Calver, Brandon Calver, and they'll go running game up A-gap and squeezing his way down to the 41-yard line. Again, it looked like it maybe was going to be a three-yard gain, and it turns into about a six-yard gain for Adebaboye. And that time, that was Justin Lawrence making the difference. I like Justin Lawrence as a tight end there. That looked pretty good. He got some really nice penetration up to the next level. Really nice blocks as well from, I think that was Giffen and Churchill both getting in there too. So the line... Uh, really looked impressive on that run. Giffen at right guard, Churchill at right tackle. Second down and four from the 41-yard line. Out of Boboye to the left of Kelly, who stops the receivers, restarts them. Comes to the near side, and it is caught to Tommy Neal. Shakes off a defender inside the 30, inside the 25, down to the 23. It's a first down Argos. That was a really smart play from Chad Kelly. The play clock was, uh, you know, he had plenty of time, and so he ran a simulated snap. He saw it was going to be cover one. He saw there was a huge cushion on the outside, and he can make that throw to the outside. A lot of guys can't. So he had a huge cushion on Neal. He just waited for Neal to execute his hook route and made the throw. They'll mark it at the 23-yard line, left hash mark. Argos moving right to left. They're down by 14 here in a game that means nothing in the standings but a lot to the evaluators. Kelly goes to the far side where he had four receivers, and this is complete inside the 20 to the 19-yard line. It's Dejan Brissett, the touchdown maker, who has his second catch of the day for a gain of four. They've been getting really nice yardage on first down the last few drives, and that makes it so much easier for a play caller, for a quarterback, because in a second-and-five situation, knowing that the Argos have already gone for it a couple times uh, already on third down, they're not afraid to do it. I, I guess this sort of opens the playbook up to anything here, so Montreal doesn't know what to expect. Six to get on second down from the 19-yard line. Right hash mark, three receivers near side. Montreal sends pressure. Kelly rolls out to his right, looking, pump fakes, rolling, rolling, goes, looking end zone, and it is caught! Give it to They're him. They're discussing this. It's caught! The touchdown for Jawan Preskison in traffic. Somehow got a foot in bounds, and the Argos have their second touchdown. They're definitely going to take another look at that one because it's so tight to the sideline. I hope this one stands. That's a gorgeous catch from Jawan Breskison, a man who everyone has seen make gorgeous catches all the way back to his time in Calgary. This was not how the play was drawn up at all. <laughs> it, they, they had they had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a pick route. Uh, there was some action on uh, on the right side. Chad Kelly rolling to his right. He was looking for a short route. It just wasn't there. And he starts waving around to Breskison, who's deep in the end zone. Keep going. Get deep. Get deep. And Breskison is able to come down with the football. Did he How get about the foot those in? Uh, let's see. We're, we're getting a look at the replay as we speak. The Argos want to kick it now. Yes. <laughs> Beatty is out there. And it's tough to tell. He's got the white shoes on with the white sideline and the sun is making it difficult for the camera not only that the defensive back also has white shoes i think that's beverett <laughs> and so you got four four white shoes coming down on a white line with the glare of the sun 
I think his toe may be out of bounds. I'm not sure you're going to be able to prove it, though. And we're getting another look here, and he's out of bounds. Oh, no, I can't tell. And what makes it diff- even more difficult is the end zone angle, which might be the definitive one. Tyrese Bevret's foot comes down immediately before uh, Bruskison's and immediately in front of Bruskison's, and his foot is out of bounds, but you can't tell. After the touchdown, we have a player misconduct penalty against Toronto, number 11. That 10-yard penalty will be applied on the kickoff. Celebratory penalty for Jawan Bruskison. His second catch of the day, his third of the season, as he's been on the injured list for most of the year. You mentioned the great catches. He had that one in 2016 for Calgary against Hamilton that was the catch of the year in the CFL. Now comes Boris to dot the eye. Oh, a little bit of a bobble on the hold, and it's going to go wide left. As Haggerty couldn't get it down on time, throws off the timing, and Boris punched it to the left, so it will be a six-point play. And now 21-13 with eight and a half minutes left. Yeah, he didn't feel the snap cleanly. It looked like it might have also slid off the off the puck as he put it down. So not a, really a fair opportunity for Boris Beattie. We'll take the time out. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. 21-13, Montreal leading Toronto. Chad Kelly looking good so far. His numbers, 8 of 11 for 100 yards. A couple of touchdowns, one pick. How loud do you think some areas of the Argo fandom will be Start Kelly over Mac in the Eastern Final. You'll you'll definitely hear it. You were hearing it when Chad Kelly wasn't doing anything, and Mac was playing really well. So you can only imagine that volume will be turned up a little bit. But as we've discussed, it it doesn't make sense. The Clyde Bethel Thompson is one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL this year. His numbers prove it. His film proves it. That's the way to go. You can't make a switch like that. Playoff game in the OUA got an upset underway. Windsor beating Ottawa 27-13 after three quarters. Mickey Donovan's brother is on the staff at Windsor with the Cercellis, including Joe Cercelli, who played with the Argos for a couple of years as an offensive lineman. Kick is high. Kick is to Chandler Worthy at the 20-yard line, to the 30, to the 35, and he just ran into Benoit Marion, and that is a size mismatch as Marion is 6'5", 250, and Chandler isn't. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple guys that you do not want to run into on this Argos cover team. Marion is definitely one of them. Brandon Calvert was offside, so they're going to re-kick it. So many flags in this game so far, and they're, they're, not, they're not really questionable flags for the most part. I think they've just had guys jumping early and guys that are excited to be there and not necessarily playing in positions they're used to. So a re-kick here, and like you alluded to earlier, when Montreal had to kick a second time, it, it's tough to get your cover team down there twice in a row. Toronto just had a really nice nice performance there on that, that kick coverage, but now they got to come back and do it all again. The only thing saving them right now is they get a bit of a breather because there's an injured Alouette. Yeah, Frederick Chagnon, the, the linebacker out of Montreal, we knew that Danny Machocha was going to bring in some of his guys, every GM does. Uh, this roster is drunk with former Montreal Caravan. And, you know, from a Toronto perspective, Regis Sibasu being one of them, the receiver who's with the Alouettes, the former Argonaut. But uh, Frederick is up and walking off. His fourth year in the league is first with the Alouettes. And what hurts even more is now after the unsportsmanlike penalty to Bruskison after the touchdown, combined with the offside, Boris Beattie's going to tee it up at his own 15-yard line. 
I don't think I've ever seen a kickoff in the CFL. I'm sure I have, but one doesn't come to mind. But a kickoff from your own 15? Yeah, it's not ideal. It, at least it's Boris Beattie who can kick yeah. it further than anybody, as, as we saw last, last week at the last play of the game. But, yeah, this is not ideal. If there's any wind at all, it's a very slight one to his back. It really won't make a difference at this stage. As the flags are very softly fluttering in the end zone here at BMO. Boris, a low corkscrew, very unlike him, and this one's going to go out of bounds. So just let's let's just make this even worse. Although that might not be a bad call. <laughs> Illegal kick out of bounds, Toronto number 14. Ball will be placed 30 yards and advance the kick. First down, Montreal. Yeah, it's not so going to. Oh, so it's yeah, not it's the not 40. It's, no, it's not going to help. This will put it at midfield. Yep. Or to the 45, 30 yards from the place of the kickoff. So let's see. Montreal with a 21 to 13 lead here, almost midway through the second quarter. Let's say have a very, very good starting position here on this drive at the Argo 45. Yeah, they're they're already uh, pretty close to field goal range, but it's just three penalties in a row. The excessive celebration, the offside, and then kicking it out of bounds. Three straight penalties on the Argos. Uh, it's You're not going to end up with good field position or with bad field position if you're Montreal there. Dominic Davis, 10 of 11 for 150 yards, a couple of TDs, and a pick. Argo sent an extra man. Alouettes run the ball up the middle with Fletcher, and he'll take it down to the 39-yard line. And we have another injured Alouette. Oh, he's, he's up. That's good. One of the old linemen took a knee for a minute. But Nick Callender is up and ready to go. The left tackle out of Colorado State. Second and four. It's really interesting to watch the defensive line rotation. You've got Brinkman and Achimpong there in there now in the middle and they've really been mixing that up but it's also interesting to see who they think of as an outside guy versus an inside guy and ground game again and it's going to be Stanback who with a big hole will take it inside the 30 to the 29 yard line for a gain of 10. If you have any questions at all as a linebacker before William Stanbeck gets the ball, you're in trouble. And there's a little bit of action, a receiver screen action out to the right-hand side. Linebackers delayed just a little tiny bit, and it was enough to, to get the edge and Jonathan Joseph eventually making the tackle. Stanbeck is 6 feet 200. Why does he look 230? I, well, first of all, you never know if guys actually are the weight that they yeah. claim to be, but yeah. At the 29-yard line, Alouettes look like they jump. No call. They will get rid of the ball down to Speaker again. His fourth catch, fifth target, and the first completion in a couple of series for the Alouettes who have gone ground heavy. The only pass they threw in the last series was picked off. That was just an all-hooks concept out of quads, and Davis just taking his best matchup there finds an easy easy completion for a, for a short gain and that's as a coach you want to call a play like that when you're in a bit of a funk just to get that uh, confidence back three to get on second down from the argo 22 alouette's moving from left to right the ball on the right hash mark to give this time to Andre with a stutter step he'll get close to first down yardage the stutter step may have cost him the first down it absolutely did i was just going to say that you don't want a stutter step in that situation the hole was there but in pro football the hole isn't going to be there for very long. It's not the same as it is in college. And so Antwi, if he just runs full speed there, probably ends up with a five-yard gain. But that little stutter step allows the Argos defenders to catch up. The gap closes, and he ends up with yeah, maybe a yard or two. Antwi was a good bargain. Sixth-round draft pick in 2019 out of Calgary, where he won a Vanier Cup. Got two. 
But he put up 500 yards, 541 on the ground. Short yardage, Davis Alexander in a quarterback. And he will fall forward and should have the first down. Following David Brown and Philippe Gagnon on the right side. And it is indeed a first down. Starting to get a little bit chippy there, too, after that play. There's a little bit more pushing and shoving. Uh, you can tell, I think, that uh, these these teams don't necessarily like each other. The teams that have played in back-to-back weeks, what's it going to be like in a couple weeks' time if they see this team again or if they see Hamilton for the 13th time this season? <laughs> can't believe they're going to play them six times in a year. <laughs> well, hopefully they're not. But I don't want to see Montreal three times either. It's like schedule was weird this year. Man. 19-yard line. It's the first down for the Alouettes. Ball in the middle of the field. Back and passes Davis out into the flat to Antwi, who gets a block and takes it inside the 15-yard line. Priester may have thought he was held on that play. No flag, and it's a gain of about five yards. Yeah, Priester's right. He was held on that play. I, I'm not sure how much it would have impacted things. Uh, pretty nice job, actually, on the outside, just shutting blocks and being able to get to that tackle. McFadden, uh, who isn't the most physical of players, uh, was able to shed his block and get in there and, uh, and break that up. Boy, did Priester play well last home game here against BC. Oh, yeah. He was fantastic that afternoon. Second down and five from the 14-yard line. Fletcher is the lone setback. Davis comes to the near side again to Keon Julian Grant. And what an open field tackle again. Priester in on it to make the play. That was a huge tackle. He Check just that. got that was, him. That was uh, that was actually Caleb Holden. My bad. It was Caleb, Caleb Holden. Yeah, he gets him by the shoes. One of those uh, toe-tap tackles where you knock... Uh, his foot into the other foot and trip him up that way but yeah it'll do whatever way it takes to get him down third down and a yard and the Alouettes Hoggies come in as they are going to go for it up 21-13 three and a half minutes remaining until halftime tight end of the near side now they're going to tight it bring it into the left side as well Empty backfield and going behind the guard on the right side for the first down will be Davis Alexander. Again, running behind Philippe Gagnon, the 311-pounder out of Laval. That looked more like the Montreal short yardage package that we saw earlier in the season. They got a tremendous push up that right side, and there was no question about that. That was a couple yards he got on that play. We've hit the three-minute warning. Alouette's up 21-13 and threatening to score more. We'll come back with the end of the first half. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Three minutes left, 21-13, Alouettes leading the Argonauts. I believe we're expecting the largest regular season crowd of the season today, and it looks like it, and not very many no-shows either, as a lot of youth football groups are here, and that has been the approach of the ticketing department this year is, and the marketing department is to try and get those youth groups to come out, paying off today, and what a beautiful day to sit in the stands and have a cold beverage and watch the Argos and big plays on both sides so far today. I'm sure they're enjoying what they're seeing. Yeah, this is a terrific-looking crowd, and especially the, the far side of the stadium, which is you know, the one area that doesn't always get filled up. It looks terrific today. I'm anxious to see that that uh, attendance number because I think it's going to be pretty good. And today is a, an example. A lot of times it's tough to sit on the far side in the summer because you don't get shade. Today you're sitting in the sun while the folks on this side get the shade. Probably about 5 degrees, 10 degrees warmer over on that side. First down and goal from the 8-yard line from the right hash mark. They will give the ball to Stambeck right up the middle with a flag down. 
and he'll take it out to the five-ish, maybe inside the five, and we're going to have offside again on the Toronto Argonauts. I don't know if they're going to call Jonathan Joseph, but he definitely came early off the near side here, although the flag came from the other side of the field. Joseph is good. He's, he's had a chat with him for a story for Argonauts.ca this week. Number 30. And it is Jonathan Jones. He's one of those guys who was just, he played high school ball in Florida and was really heavily recruited. Ended up going to Notre Dame and got lost in the shuffle there. He was basically a special teams player. Went to Toledo, and it was lights out. And he had 97 tackles in his senior season. Yeah, he was a fantastic player at Toledo. They had a really good defense, actually, which isn't always the case for the Rockets. But he stood out on a very good defense after his time in Notre Dame. First and goal from the four-yard line, right hash mark. They will go to stand back again, who will be hit in the backfield and carry people to the goal line. Is he in? Waiting for a signal? No, he has stopped short of the goal line. It will be second and goal from the one. Yeah, again, the Montreal line getting a really nice push up the middle. Standback doing almost enough to get there, but yeah, he's he's a yard short. A couple guys hanging off his legs as he went through those last couple of yards. Uh, this is, again, a short yardage test for, for the Alouettes and the Argos. Uh, second and one from the one. I, I find it interesting that they take out the usual short yardage quarterback to go to the non-short yardage quarterback who's going to run the short yardage offense from the one-yard line. It is Davis Alexander up under center with an empty backfield. They've run right a lot in this situation today. Do so again. And did he get in? No signal yet. Touchdown. So Davis Alexander will keep, get into the end zone for his first CFL touchdown. And the uh, Alouettes increase the lead. Yeah, they're seeing just a tremendous push off the right side, and that's where he went again. They've gone to that same spot a few times in a row now, and the Argos just seem unable to stop them. And it really, it should be automatic. In the CFL, one yard should happen every time. We say that, though. It's much easier for us to say up here uh, in the booth than it is down on the field. But, it, yeah, they've been, they've been pretty automatic today. It's interesting that they have a guy like Standback, and you would think, oh, from the one-yard lane, even if you give it to him three yards deep, he's going to score. But and yet they still run the majority with the quarterback on the sneak. It's so tough because and we saw that with Andrew Harris early in the oh, season yeah. for the Argos. You'd think, well, one yard, Andrew Harris, but he didn't get a single touchdown this season. He had multiple opportunities down close to the goal line, but the defense also knows you've got Andrew Harris or William Stanback, yeah. and they're all over that. So quarterback sneak is almost always the way to go. It doesn't take time. There's no there's no delay as the quarterback uh, gets into the backfield, and then you're not coming at it from five yards deep. So and if I'd, you run a silent count, the only guy who knows the ball is up. <laughs> Yeah, it can work backfire as well because your offensive linemen don't know what's up. But little, sometimes I, even a, a, a millisecond can be a big difference down there. Cote kicking it uprights that he doesn't like from the 32-yard line or the 33, as they do do that eight-yard snap. It's up and it's good, and the Alouettes now have a 28-13 lead. It's funny how a small... Oh, we're going to take a timeout. We'll come back and talk about uh, Cote and his dislike of those uprights when we come back. Along with Ben Grant, I'm Mike Hogan. This is Argo Football on TSN 1050. Alouettes with another touchdown, 28-13. Wild offensive game here so far in a game that doesn't mean anything in the standings. Mainly because David Cote missed a field goal on the, in the first game of the season. A 21-yarder that went wide on the last play, essentially giving the Argos the victory. It's funny. And you think of all of the plays. It's a missed field goal. If if they make that field goal, 
this game is for first place in home field. Yeah, and a 21-yarder at that. But we knew the significance of it at the time. Anytime you've got a divisional game, it does matter. And so often in this league, uh, the standings are decided by tiebreakers and, and win-loss record head-to-heads. And so, yeah, he missed that, that field goal. That wasn't just a, a you know one-game swing. That was, that was huge for the Argos and uh, set the Montreal Alouettes back. And that's the reason that they're going to be playing next week, and the Argos are not. Argos will take on the winner of Montreal-Hamilton. If you're looking to come, Buy your tickets now. Argonauts.ca will take you right to Ticketmaster. Short kick. It's going to be taken by Hedell across the 35, across the 40, across the 45, out to the 48-yard line, and it'll be a first down for Chad Kelly and company, down by a couple of touchdowns with 2.14 remaining in the opening half. You saw a little bit of speed there from Hedell that we haven't got too many occasions to see. He just turned it on and exploded through that first hole, ends up near uh, the Argos 50. This is really nice field position for them. They've got plenty of time, 2.14 left on the half. There's all sorts of time for Jack Kelly to do something with this and bring the Argos a little closer. And, yes, we did think it was Hadel. And then I asked him, I said, what's your name? I said, Hedell. <laughs> so many guys. Yes, it's Olette, not Ouellette. <sighs> First down at their own 48-yard line. There's a little crossing route that is caught and taken across midfield down to the 51-yard line. And on second effort, that's going to be a first down as Cam Phillips gets it done. That was the mirror image of the play that caused an interception earlier that Phillips on a drag route just tipped up into the air and was picked off. This time, uh, he caught it cleanly, and that's going to be a first down for the Argos. Kelly now 9 of 12 for 111-ish unofficially after that pass. It'll be marked at the 51-yard line. Time not a factor with 2.05 remaining here in the first half. Argos moving from right to left. Four receivers will go wide for the boatman to the right side. Back to pass. Kelly looks right the first time. Now he's going to scramble left under pressure. He goes way downfield on the right side. Incomplete. As that may not have been the most well-advised throw in the world, but like you said, sometimes he's just going to put the ball up and let his receiver make the catch, and he was looking for Dejan Brissett. And that time, Dejan Brissett didn't even know the ball was coming. It looked like the play was designed to go to the left. That's where the first reads were. You had uh, Hadell over there, uh, who had a little bit of space, but Jack Kelly didn't pull the trigger on that, waited, and then instead of taking a sack, launched it deep downfield to the right. Second down and 10 from the 51-yard line of the Alouettes, who show pressure and jump offside. Mike Moore out of the University of Virginia, former teammate of Dejan Brissett, a little anxious. Great hard count there from Chad Kelly and really good discipline from an offensive line unit that hasn't been out there a ton. The Argos have been jumpy today. We've talked about that on a few offsides, etc. But really nice to see them stay at home there throughout that hard count and draw that penalty. And I correct, he would have been gone by the time Dejan showed up there. So they weren't former teammates. My bad. From the 46-yard line, the Argos need five on second down. Kelly, again under pressure, is going to roll to the right. Rolling, rolling, looking long, and he's going to go short instead to the check down, and it is cut down to the 35-yard line by Hadell, and it's going to be an Argo first down inside the 30. I don't know if that was Chad Kelly's plan all along, but he's waving <laughs> guys, directing traffic all over the place, and he ends up directing traffic actually away from Hadell where he ends up going, and I, I don't know if that was what he was thinking the whole time, that he's 
bringing guys away. And what it did is sucked a, an extra DB over to where he was waving, leaving Hadell wide open in the on the sideline. If he had thrown it back to the middle of the field or all the way to the left side from the right numbers, I think Ryan Dinwiddie would have spontaneously combusted on the sideline. Kelly, the Riverboat Gambler, gets caught in the backfield by Moore, shakes it off, and is going to run to the 30, to the 25, trying to get outside, and he's brought down to the 30, the 22-yard line, and he just turned a big loss into a gain of seven. That play is immediately going on to Chad Kelly's highlight reel because he did <laughs> such a, a great job to get free there. Not a lot of guys can shake Moore like that. Not a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, Moore had him. He had him in the backfield. Chad Kelly shakes it, pump fakes, gets downfield, and gets pretty close to a first down. It's going to be second in about three, I think. It's that kind of style that makes him a fan favorite. Certainly did at Ole Miss. Back to pass, comes to the near side, and he's got on a dig route, and coming back is Tommy Neal, back to the football, and he's going to make the catch for the first down inside the 20 to the 17. Chad Kelly made it hard for himself on that one because he had Phillips on a much easier, much shorter hook route. Uh, they, they both ran hooks to that side, but, yeah, he took the tough one uh, because he can, I guess. Kelly again, over the middle, has a man on the five. It's Brissett brought down hard at the three-yard line. But it's another first down, a first and goal for the Argos with 55 seconds remaining in the first half. Chad Kelly's feeling it right now. This sort of tempo obviously suits his style. They're moving with pace, and that time it's it's a uh, quick slant that he's looking to uh, Brissett for over the middle. Brissett doing a really nice job, not just to catch the ball, but then to hold it away uh, from the first defender and then tuck it in as he's going to ground to make sure they don't give up the football down close to the end zone. Justin Lawrence now comes in with Brandon Calvera's double tight ends. Kelly has out of a boy a behind him. Ball right in the middle of the field, maybe a shade to the left of the upright. And Kelly's just going to go up the middle and is hit in the one-yard line. Did he get the end zone? No. No mark him at the one. He was really close on that. I'm actually surprised he didn't get in. They got a nice push uh, on the left side. Actually, the entire offensive line made ground there. He probably, if he's short, he ended up maybe an inch short. But, of course, in the CFL, they move it back to the one. I think I have a new favorite thing, and that's to watch Justin Lawrence run in from the sidelines. Yeah, Justin Lawrence coming off the sideline in these in these double-tight packages is pretty awesome. It works out well, but at 6-1-300, it is not the best running style in the world. In comes Kelly again under center, goes to the left side, and in second effort, we'll get into the end zone. Touchdown, Kelly, and the Argonauts get a little bit closer. It's 28-19 with the conversion to come. And if there's anything good about the first attempt not getting into the end zone, it's that it chewed up some more time on the clock, and now Montreal is only going to be left with 21 seconds, which, as we've seen, is enough time to generate some offense and get down the field. But I think Montreal might be just as happy to get to the locker room up 28-20. Uh, to 20. But we know Beattie can kick the conversion, so they're going to go for two, which would also make it a seven-point game. So a little method to the madness as well. They'll put the ball over to the two-yard line on the right hash mark. And we got Breskison and Neal out there. As the Argos go for the deuce. Hadel will go, Hadell will go out wide to the right. I knew I was going to do that at least once. Double tight end formation. Neal and Breskison near side. Adam Aboye stands to the right of Kelly. Kelly rolls to the right. He's got a man wide open. It's caught for the two-point conversion. 
Dan out of a boye to the end zone, and the Argos are seven down after the two-point conversion. Out of a boye was wide open on that speed out. He had he had so much time, I'm sure. That ball probably came to him in slow motion because he he wants that touchdown so badly. Chad Kelly rolls out to his right. Out of a boye gets his head turned around in time, makes the catch, and yeah, he's the happiest guy in the world right now. No, he's not. His father is the happiest guy in the world. Check that. His father is definitely the happiest guy in the world. What a, what a great family. I've had a chance to talk to them so many times, whether it's at Argos practice or on the road, you know, running into them in, in cities like Calgary. And, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, pretty special. They're, they're uh, a wonderful family, great to spend time with. They are often at practice. Dr. Ty is there almost every day and has become a huge fan. You'll see the signs in the in the crowd cheering for Dan. Great local connection again starting at Toronto Northern. I was talking to uh, to the doc and he was saying that it was tough because he was out at halftime every game because they'd have a big lead. So he ended up going down to prep school in the States, went to Bryant, and the Argos were really happy that he was there at 15. Oh, absolutely. I had him as in on my draft board. I had him number two. I felt like that was absolutely necessary. Beatty, much better kickoff this time. We'll chase Worthy back inside the 10-yard line. Now the clock moves with 20 seconds left. Worthy's going to go wide to the left side to the 25. Look for a hole that doesn't materialize and is brought down at the 29-yard line with a dozen seconds remaining in the half. That was a really nice disciplined job that the cover team just did on that. They know how explosive Worthy is. Basically, their job there, instead of guys flying downfield like we sometimes see where they're looking to really blow someone up and make a play, they came down as a flat line there, and we're just going to make sure that Worthy wasn't going anywhere. So we'll see what the Alouettes do if they try to increase the lead here or just content to take a couple of knees with a dozen seconds remaining. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to pack it in nicely. Now, why not? You had a quarterback who's only can throw 13 of 14 for 166 and a couple of touchdowns at the half. Kelly, 13 of 17 now for 150 and a couple of touchdowns. Taking knees the right move, technically, but I, I would love to have just seen them throw the ball downfield. Why not? Because it's halftime and there's no time left. That's why. We are at the break. 28-21. Nice defensive struggle here today at BMO Field. We'll kind of break down what we just saw over the first 30 when we come back. You're listening to Toronto Argonauts football on the home of the Double Blue. This is TSN 1050.